Um, this has been a very unique passage of scripture. There's some things that have been revealed to me that I, it, it pushed me into 20 hours, and it could have been longer. And we're still in Matthew 5. It's something that we've been reading over and over again. But for the first time in my life, in my life, I realize what these verses mean. So if we, as we begin to move through it, as we uh, will get to the verses that we want to deal with, then I'm going to give you some history behind it and everything else. It's important that you understand the foundation of this or you will be in serious trouble. Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for our time together. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you uh, for the things that you laid on my heart. It gives me a great appreciation of how powerful you are and that you were not just making a speech and that you said in, in the scriptures that everything you say the Father have told you to say and you're not saying anything apart from that. That what you're saying, the Father's saying. So Lord, help us to understand what you are saying. Not to speculate, but to understand what you're saying. Apply it to our lives and you will be glorified. And what you want to do in our lives will bring fulfillment. For in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said. So the first thing that I have up here called the kingdom of God, of course, keeping the picture in, in front of you. Um, we have three more snapshots, but uh, we'll only do the two uh, because these two will take up our time. And then the last one is the last one that is, is the, uh, the fact that, well, the verse will say it too. But um, <coughs> living in our uh, new normal, part six, Matthew 5, 38 to 47. Um, and as we look at this, let's read it together. Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. And this word, I like the word holy. Thou shall be holy, just as your Father in heaven. Do you think God never tell us to do something they're not capable of doing, right? So if the Lord, so this is a command. You, you didn't say you should be. Didn't say you ought to be. He said, you shall be. See? Now, that wasn't a promise saying that I'm going to make you that way. No. There's something that you have to do as a believer. And that your goal in life, your goal in life is to be holy as my Father in heaven is holy. So then Matthew 5, 6, and 7 um, well, five starts it off, and so, and it begins to work its way through, and uh, by the end of seven, you should have all, all the steps in place. But let's, let's begin. Well, the first thing I mentioned, and I'll just keep in front of you, you are one of a kind. And because you are one of a kind, there will never be another you in eternity. Uh, it's almost like they say the snowflake, you know. Each one of the snowflakes have a certain design. Once that's, that's gone, it's, it's gone. That's how powerful our God is. And if you ever forget that you're one of a kind, which means what? You don't have to adjust to anyone. See, 
uh, except the one the Lord tell you to adjust to. But they do, the world does not tell you how to think. God tells you how to think. Why? Because I'm one of a kind. You're weird. That's true, because I'm one of a kind. <laughs> okay. You're crazy. That's right, because I'm one of a kind. Okay. So you have, I, I agree with folks. So you can call me whatever you want. I'm one of a kind. <laughs> uh, and the thing about it is, whatever you call me, you can't change me. Because I'm one of a kind. <laughs> okay? So, all right. So, we're gone. Response to hostility. And that's what we'll be dealing with uh, this morning. Response to hostility. When people are hostile, act crazy on you, get on your last nerve, then here's what the king has, has to say. You have heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whosoever slaps you on your right cheek. I know some of you can feel it right now. You know, slaps, that's like the slaps you on your right cheek, okay? And if anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic and let you have, uh, and uh, let him have your cloak, uh, also the cloak, also, ready? And whosoever compels you to go one mile, go with him how many? Wow. See, we need to understand, understand something. The people who are listening to this already had the background. Right. We don't have the background. So what my job, my job is now is to take you into the background so that you understand what he's saying right there. And so we kind of catch you up here. <clears throat> Give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. Wow. Now, I, I think that that's very key. And we want to deal with something. And I'm just going to pull this up because the word is an eye for an eye. You know, you, you parents, child, don't let, if somebody hit you, you hit them back. You ever hear some stuff like that? Hit them back hard and they'll never, the Lord said, no, 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 no. He said, no, I'm telling you, you better not hit them. Wow. Now, the first question that comes to my mind is, why, Lord? You saw what they did to me. Uh -huh. You saw what they did. They said about my mother. Yeah. See how they tried to burn my house down? Yeah. I'm going to get even. The Lord said, uh-uh. Don't go there. You will not do that to that person. Wow. I went back and did some uh, study into uh, Hammurabi. Uh, he was a contemporary of Moses. Um, and he has about, what, 332, uh, 82 laws of Hammurabi. The uh, 282 laws of Hammurabi compared to the law of Moses, I want you to understand, this word eye for an eye was not for individuals. It was never relegated for individuals to do that. It was always relegated to the courts, an eye for an eye. So whatever a person did to you, you'll take them to the court. And whatever, that, whatever the judge decides, if he says an eye for an eye, it's the judge who makes the decision. You never make that decision. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, this whole principle, let me go way back further, further than Hammurabi. Let's go to creation. 
when Satan sinned against God, then the law of retribution kicks in. I didn't say reconciliation. See, I, I said retribution. And the law of retribution is whatever you do, you're going to get it back. Matter of fact, he said to the believers, be not deceived. God is not marked. Whatsoever a man does, what? That shall he also reap. That's the eye for an eye principle. Everybody with me so far? Therefore, God was not willing that any man should perish. Because God made the lake of fire, he already has it ready for Satan. He's not willing that any man should perish. Everybody with me? Because you see, if they perish, they fall under the eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, the judge had to make that, that decision. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Although you deserve to be with Satan under the law of retribution, he says, I in my mercy and my love, I send my son to die for your sins. So he's saying this terminology, he said, you have had it, you heard it been said. Now, who did they hear say it? They heard, see, this was given to the leadership. Moses gave it to the leadership in Israel, an eye for an eye. It was not given to the Israelites. And if anybody hit you, hit them back. No, it would have been chaos. And that's why they had to take it to the courts. You take it to the courts. And listen, if the courts don't deal with it, God said, don't worry. I'll take care of it. See, because it's always in the judge's hands to do it. Don't frustrate the judge's hands by you getting involved. Take your hands off of it. Everybody with me so far? Okay. Um, so, the law of retribution. When we talk about the law of retribution, and I've said this already, the law of retribution is that it's the judge that carries out the, the, the uh, uh, execution. Uh, you heard the stand by, here come the judge. It's the judge. So the Lord's going to deal with us because first is retributive justice. And when we talk about this retributive uh, justice, it should only be uh, administered by the God-ordained authority of the church and by appointed governing uh, authorities of the land. Uh, so when we talk about the pattern, the practice, the pattern, and the principle, now, we must understand that the reason this is practice and the reason this is uh, pattern, because there is, well, what's the principle behind this? Why is it that the Lord is saying, uh, this is how, this is the pattern, this is how you should practice. Why should I do that? What's the principle? Well, the first thing, Hammurabi, the reason that he put it together was that he said his desire was you would not be overbearing to somebody who hurt you. Therefore, you are not to rule it, let me rule it, and I'll find a way of doing it in an uh, uh, equal way where I will get, you'll get justice, leaving it in my hands. An eye for an eye is never, never 
in your hands to carry out. Now, if you have a black book on someone, tear it up. For the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings says, uh-uh, it's my job, not yours. Don't try to do my job. Okay. The purpose of this principle was to make sure that uh, there was an uh, authorized source and method to process, distribute, and maintain justice because the act of retribution must exactly match the crime no more. You see, here's what happens. When you do a, a retributive uh, act, in the course of you doing it, they might have a relative in the, in the uh, vicinity and affected by it, and somebody get hurt while you're trying to, and say, oh, I was just shooting at him. Yeah, but you just shot a baby right behind him. See, so although you tried to get even, oh, you got even by shooting, but somebody else died as a result of what you did. Therefore, you're under a double weight. Number one, God told you not to do it. Okay. Now that you have done it, all of the ramifications that's involved there, God is saying, now I'm holding you responsible for murdering a person. This is the thing really born up getting blown out of the way, huh? Well, that's what I noticed now. It started off with blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. But now Jesus Christ said, I'm dealing now with life. I'm dealing with, now with people who do you in and hurt you and everything else. And the first thing you take off the list is getting even. Personal uh, retributive uh, justice will develop several significant problems. Number one, what does it say? Number two? Number three? You see, although you get even with the person, guess what? The feeling does not go away. There's no closure. When you, when you take uh, uh, precedence over this thing, you will never have closure. Every time that situation comes up, all of the thoughts and everything else, you say, but I got even. But guess what? You haven't forgotten. Be careful. Something else. It prevents you from obtaining spiritual and physical peace. It will take your peace away. Okay. Something else. It keeps you trapped as an emotional prisoner. That's the, that's the bottom line. When you do not forgive someone, you are that person's personal prisoner. I've said this on a number of occasions, and when we talk about being a personal, here are the results of personal retribution. You will become that person's emotional prisoner. Number two, you will become just like the object of your thoughts. Remember what scripture says? As a man thinks in his heart, what? So then what happens is, if you're dealing with a hateful person, in the process of you hating them, you're going to start acting in a hateful way. That's why your thought life is so important. And if you're carrying any of this, God is saying, you are taking in poison and it's poisoning your soul. 
In the process, you will eventually become responsible for hurting the ones you love the most. Uh, and I, one time I preached a message on uh, this whole idea. And the whole idea was that he uh, went and uh, his, his daughter, what's his name? Um, anyway, he made a promise to the Lord that whoever comes through the door. Okay. And uh, what's, what's his name? Jetha. Okay. Jetha. And, and Jetha, uh, and when she dealt with the leadership, he said, didn't you hate me? Didn't you throw me out? And then he made a vow. Lord, whoever comes out of the door, I'll offer them up as a sacrifice. And then it says his only daughter, his only daughter, besides her, there was none, came out the door to praise her daddy for coming back. And he tore his clothes and said, oh, daughter, you have troubled me as, as Israel has. And the daughter said, Daddy, whatever you promised God. He said, I made a promise to God. I cannot take it back. And so he said, Daddy, whatever you promise, go ahead and do it. Let me just get along for a few months, and I'll come back with my maidens. And you can do with me as you will. It didn't happen that way. Remember, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. Now, <clears throat> I want to make sure that really resonates in your soul. So let's, let's keep it real. The word of God makes it very clear that it is not our responsibility to respond to the negative actions of others in a hostile or revengeful manner. The Lord says, it is not your responsibility. So stop it. Okay. And if it's there, throw it away. Find the nearest gar garbage and throw it away. You, if you hold anything like that, God is saying two things happen. With, if you're holding anything like this, number one, you have a problem with God. That's a spiritual problem. Then number two, you have a problem with the situation that you won't be able to bring closure. So the Lord says, you have another, you have another choice. Let it go. Let it go. Uh, question why <laughs> you know and so consider what the word of God says you shall not take revenge or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people but you shall love your neighbor as yourself I am the Lord because I said so the Lord is a jealous and avenging God the Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries and keeps wrath for his enemies. That's why we said, the Lord says, I'm the avenger. You want to know how tough I am? He says, I'm the avenger. Hebrews 10.30. For we know him who says, vengeance is what? Mine. I will repay. Again, the Lord will judge his people. That's why I, I love Romans when it says, there is therefore now no condemnation. There is no law of retribution for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, but after the flesh. 
Okay. I had the flesh, but I had the spirit. So the whole idea is this. The Lord is saying, listen, when it comes down to it, it says, vengeance is mine. Keep your hands off of it. Okay. Romans 12, 17. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of God. And I said, well, what should I do? Whatever is honorable. May that be your reactions to the person. I don't care how terrible they are. And the thing that um, I've been noticing on, on news, and this is a few people that I've heard statements. Um, the guy that uh, killed his mother, and, um, and he said, I forgive him. I think about the church where the young man sat through prayer meeting. And at the prayer meeting, gunned these people down. And the people's response was, we forgive him. You see, the real victory was when they were able to respond that is Christ-like. Whenever you come up with a negative response to this, God is saying, stop it. Because that's not like me. Matter of fact, then how should I act? Be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has what? Forgiven you. See? Now, that is called the law of reciprocity. What is it? The law of? The law of reciprocity, you see, is when you, in turn, show the same type of thing that had been extended to you. See? But when it comes down to this other law that we talk about, retribution, don't get it mixed up. It's possible so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, oh, well, I like this when it says, beloved, what, what's at the right, uh, at the beloved? Never, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. Where you should leave it? So when a person mess up on you, you don't want to be hit two times. By you and then say, and after I finish with you, you watch what my daddy's going to do to you. <laughs> the Lord said, no, 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 no. We don't work like that. <laughs> says, leave it to the Lord. Says, leave it to daddy. Don't you try to do anything. Leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Romans twelve twenty. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, do what? Feed him. If he's thirsty, what do you do? Give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. How can I do that? Because we are more than conquerors through him that love us. May it never be mentioned among believers they've gotten even with someone. Then I'm going to ask you, what do you do with God's word? What part of this you don't understand as far as God is concerned? You're not to hold a grudge. You're not to get even. And so if any of these things says, I'll take care of it. We are given five things we need to commit ourselves to receive and uh, apply. Number one, what is it? If our enemy is hungry, feed them. Two, if our enemy is thirsty, give them something to drink. Three, 
impact of our blindness will have a greater impact than getting even. So you throw water on this whole thing. I mean, when you're kind to a person who dislikes you and everything else, uh, I remember in the service I was thinking about the fact that um, this sergeant was a snag of two sergeant who uh, was, I mean, he was rough. I mean, he was just, if you fell, if you were marching and you fell down, he'll say, step over him, kick him, step over him. I mean, that was the type I said, whoa. And, um, and whenever he would come to me personally, uh, he'll say some rough things. I say, yes, sir, sergeant. Yes, sergeant. Okay, sergeant. And he, and he was, and it was always, and then at one point he stopped and he just kind of smiled with that snag or two, you know, like, this guy is not responding like I want to respond. But I've been reading Proverbs and I've been reading all the other things that says, I'm one of a kind. I'm better than this. Whenever someone does something to you, say to yourself, I'm one of a kind, and I'm better than this. What is it? I'm, and I'm, you can't, the only person that you can change is yourself. Give yourself a big hug because that's the only person you can change. All the other folks, they get on your nerve and everything else, but you will not be able, God changes hearts, okay? Be an, be an overcomer by drawing on your spiritual resources and abilities. I can do all things through Christ who what? Strengthens me. Give to those who ask and long to those who request alone. You, you see what it has? First give those who are not able to, uh, to you know, give it back to you, and then those who just need a loan to get over for a few moments. So in other words, give, but you have two class of givers, two type of people that you give to. I should put the other one, the shysters who, who know that you're the kind, they're trying to work you through that, and the Lord gives you wisdom in that area. But it says, but there are those who asked of you, and they won't be able to pay you back. Then the moment that you give to them, count it done. Lord, I've given it to you. You know why? Because if you don't do that, every time you see it, you see that 100, 200, 300, whatever amount of money that is. I see, I see my money coming through the door. I see my money coming right now. It's coming. And so the Lord said, no, 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 no. I want you to give. Guess what? Why? God, don't you know the Lord has given to you? <laughs> wow. Don't you know that all that you have is because God gave it to you? So, so the law of reciprocity is, if I give to you, you should turn around and give to others. Okay? Then if there are some things that, uh, we're talking about loan, there are some people who just need to get over the hump, says, and you're capable of getting them over the hump. Loan to them. You see? Meanwhile, the law of God is not looking at your hand. He's looking at your heart. Let me just say real quickly, uh, the guy that came to the door, these guys come to the door, and they, and they were saying, uh, hey, pastor, yeah, they, uh, you know, they, they can, if not anything else, it's a, hey, rabbi, hey, pastor, you know, and, um, and they come up, and they uh, say, boy, it's so hot. See, I've been through it so much that uh, I said, Lord, help me to have an open heart. I said, oh, the first thing is, if you just tell me the truth, 
then uh, said, I need a couple of bucks to uh, get on the bus to do such and such and such. I watched him every day. Whenever I'm here, I watched him go back, and, he, and he's going to get on the bus to go somewhere. And I, uh, and I said to him, no, I can't give it to you. And he said to me, it's not that you can't, you want. I said, okay, I can't, and I won't give it to you. I mean, he, he, made, he made it up, but you see, but there are some who really have needs. And so we go out and say, Lord, help us to be sensitive to those who have needs, and we have, and we give. Amen? So the Lord says, I'm telling you this. Ephesians says, let no corrupt, uh, uh, corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. In other words, all your negativism, take it to the garbage and throw it there and leave it there. Never let your, see, if you hold on to it, it will start defining you. People will talk to you about your negativism. Oh, here's that person, though, you know, always uh, talking about folks and always with a frown on their face. Yeah, he's coming to the door. She's coming to the door right now. They see you by your negative actions. And so this whole thing of, of, of be, understand now, the Beatitudes, the Lord says, I'm walking you through everyday experiences now. I'm walking you to a situation where folks get on your last nerve. And get all up in your face. He says, here's how you survive. Always be gracious. Always be what? Always be gracious. There's never a time that you being one of a kind step down when God is calling us to step up. Okay. Um, be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Other renderings are like just, just like God has in Christ has forgiven you. Uh, so, adjusting our response to our enemies and haters. I said, but I thought those back there. No, oh, yeah, yeah. But wait a minute. You would think that the Lord would stop there, right? We're still going through the verses. We're still going through the everyday experiences. And the Lord said, oh, you like it when I was saying, blessed are the fear in heart. And bless, but now that we get down to where you're living and that person next door, whoever the person is you work with, get on your last nerve. The Lord says, now here's your instructions as how you should live if you want some peace. You, should, you have heard that it was said you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, God never, <laughs> did, did God ever say that in the law? Thou shalt love thy neighbor what? As thyself. See? 
Matter of fact, Jesus Christ says to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind, and then as love, love thy neighbor as thyself. Upon this hang all of the law and the prophets. And during the years that from the time that God Moses gave it all the way down, it has been by the leadership messed it up. See, when it says you have heard, it's not you heard in the neighborhood. You heard from those who are in authority giving you God's word. It says, and you have heard in authority what has been going on here. You are to love, you know, uh, your neighbor but hate your enemies. Where did that come from? Show me scripture where God says hate your enemies. Now you have what they call imprecatory uh, psalms. The imprecatory psalms is that uh, you have them say, Lord, uh, uh, throw the babies against the wall and Lord, do this to them and the Lord, do that. But you'll never see any of that in the New Testament. It's forgive and pray and hold them up because you know what the person who's perpetrating that is still a soul that God can change Amen. and when it, but when God tells you like in the Old Testament when God says I want you to wipe out everyone women children everyone even their cattle and, and sheep wipe them out and then Saul kept a few sheep and and saved the king and God said, listen, you're fired. No, 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 wait a minute. Why am I fired? <laughs> See, the king and all the people were under my law of retribution. I, an eye for an eye. This didn't just happen over a uh, year. Sometimes God gives some nations a, a hundred years. He gave Nineveh for 400 years. But when it's time for him to bring wrath, there's no pity in wrath. So those who think that they're going to make a plea to God in the last minute, no, 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 no. There's no pity in the wrath of God. And that's why God has saved us from the wrath to come. Everybody get with me so far? All right, so then if we, we're with that, then it says, here's how you deal on an everyday basis with folks who get on your last nerve and everything else. Okay? So love your neighbor. But I say to you, Love your enemies. Uh-oh. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And what? Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Wow. Wow. Uh, you see, what, see, what, see the verbs there? He, he says, I, I want you to do some things here. I want, I want you, to, I want you to, to love them. Let me get this point here. Uh-oh. I'm getting myself back. I says, I want you to uh, love them. I want you to bless them. I want you to do good. I want you to pray for, the, for your enemies. Now, that was the first time. Jesus, this is the same Jesus talking about blessing now. Lord, this is what we want. Yeah, your enemies, that's what you're supposed to do. Because you're one of a kind. Only one of a kind can do this. And you're one of a kind. That you may be the sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his sun shine on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and unjust. Doesn't he do that? He doesn't water our grass. You know. And not water your neighbor who's not saved. He waters everybody's grass. He's still gracious. That's, when you think about how gracious our father is. And when somebody rejects the Lord. Wow. 
when a person die in their sins and go to a lake of fire that was never intended for them, don't blame God. There are four things that are required of us. One, love. Two, bless. Three, look at this, there you go. Do good, and then we have pray. Love, bless, do good, and pray. Our pattern of practice will confirm our clarity of purpose and God-honoring core value. When we do these things, so let me ask the question. You don't have to raise your hand. Do you bless them that uh, misuse you? Do you bless those who uh, say all manner of things against you? I think it's so important. I think it's so important that as we as believers, our pattern of practice will confirm our clarity of purpose and God-honoring core values. And God says, here's what I want to find in your life. Nothing less. Love, bless, do good, pray. See, I, I think that is so key for believers. Matthew 5, 4, 6, 4. If you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Now notice that he used different terms here. Tax collectors. They know they hated, Jews hated the tax collectors. Then the Gentiles, the Jews referred to Gentiles as Gentile dogs. So if you're not a Jew, you are a Gentile dogs. Dog. So it says, I tell you what, it says, but even the tax collectors that you hate and the Gentile dogs do the same for one another? Say, aren't you better than this? In this situation, toward the practice, pattern, and principle of reciprocity, there is no reward. Now let me get this, let me make this straight here. In other words, when you we pray, we pay good to those who already did good to you. That's not reciprocity. Okay. So avoid the principle, this is what the Lord is saying, avoid this whole idea of reciprocity when someone is good to you. It's easy to be good to someone who's good to you. But the reason that you walk a block around the house here, uh, the other house, is because of how the, what the person is going to say to you and do the other thing. It says, now that person, I want you to share that kindness. Reciprocity is a return favor. Restitution, restitution is, a, uh, is the restoration of an offense. Retribution is the method of judgment. Now when it comes down to, there's two of these. Restitution and retribution it belongs to God. Okay. God says, I'm judging this. This, when you reciprocate, that's, that's, that should be a normal response. Anyone in their right mind. Okay. But here, restitution. Remember Zacchaeus? When the Lord came to Zacchaeus' house, he said, Lord, 
He said, fourfold will I pay back to those who I have wronged or I, I cheated. He says, fourfold, I will give, them, give it back to them. And the Lord said, salvation has come to this house. That's, that's the, the principle of re, uh, reciprocity. Restitu I mean restitution, rather. And this restitution uh, for an offense, one of the benefits of a rest restitution is that when you do something like this, it's possible to mend the relationship and bring uh, some type of closure. There's closure here. There is no closure here, none whatsoever. Okay, but there's closure here. So when it comes down to restitution, the Lord is saying, here's what I want you to do. I know I laid a lot on you here, but this is what Matthew is talking about. Okay? So when you see, see eye for an eye, that's what the world says. But God says, that's not what I'm saying. We come down to enemies. Some, some have a tendency to name uh, the president and everybody else. No, no, the Lord says, wait a minute. No, don't you label anyone. You be kind, tenderhearted. Matter of fact, before you say anything negative about them, did you pray for them? The one thing begin to set up with, with the ministers. If we're going to say anything negative about, about, about the government, make sure we pray for them. Okay? Because we will not be a gospel t uh, table having breakfast. At least I won't be a part of it. Okay? Uh, one last thing. We need to be real with ourselves by asking and, and answering this question. Am I there yet? If not, why not? Obedience to the word of God demands complete submission and quick response, and a quick response. Hesitation is too dangerous. It does not possess any guarantees or assurance. And so we need to ask our, ourselves, the Lord says, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Have you been guilty of that? Uh, are you there yet? Is your spirit free to praise the Lord? Or do you come with the baggage and leave with the same baggage that the God of heaven says, that's my job. I will repay. When I, was put up, when I put up there, a vengeance of mine, I would, all you have to do is type in vengeance. And see how many times in the Old Testament and the New Testament when it talks about vengeance. And see how many times what God says about vengeance. And God has said, no, 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 no. That is not what you do. Then type up the word love. And compare vengeance with love. How many times is mentioned? How many times is mentioned? You'll be surprised how many times love is mentioned compared to vengeance. Which only belongs to the Lord. If you got just that, then I think that uh, I've done my job. Don't take revenge. For the moment you do, you're stepping into daddy's place. And God says, now you had two problems. One, you disobeyed me. And two, you can't bring closure because of what you've done. So the best thing you can do is if we confess our what? sins. He is what? Faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a wonderful Lord we have. Even when you mess up big time, he's there for you.
And that's, and that's my prayer for you as we talk about this whole about living in our new normal. As we live in our new normal, understanding that we are one of a kind, we act like we step up to the plate of being one of a kind, not like the world. What the world laughs at, we should grieve. So may God continue to work that type of thing in our hearts. And then when you, one last thing, when you see a person who do not know Jesus Christ as their personal savior, think about this word, retribution. They're going to a place that God originally attended for the devil and his angels. But you see, we are people of free will. Now, what I mean by free will, and like the illustration, the free will is that a baby is crawling on, on the floor and it's going toward the socket, you know, and, um, and you stop the baby from uh, electrocuting his or herself. Say, well, the baby didn't have free will. Well, yeah, the baby had free will, just didn't know what he was doing or she was doing. You didn't take the free will, you just wanted them to keep from getting hurt. When it comes down to free will, God doesn't want you to get hurt in the process. So your free will lines up with the will of God, and you're okay. I'm not going toward that socket, because it'll shock me. Ah, oh, good, see? Now you, can, now you can go anywhere else, have fun, and knock yourself out, because you have a free will. And guess what? I can bless free will, but not a willful person who's going to do what they want to do. Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you for your word. As I looked at Matthew, I did not anticipate some of the things that you brought out to my heart. And knowing the history of this retribution that it first started in heaven when Satan sinned against you. And Lord, you said you will not get away. Satan cannot, even if he wanted to, he could not repent because you have taken goodness and mercy out of the picture. He has violated your holiness in the front of all of heaven, but against your holy name, there is no repentance. And you have already prepared the place for him. Satan knows that. The demon says, come to torment us before our time. And so Satan is trying to grab every soul that do not know Jesus Christ and put them under the same type of retribution that God did not design for them. But they have done it by choice. That's why we pray that if anyone under the sound of my voice that do not know Jesus Christ why die and fall into, under the retribution, the vengeance of God? And that you understand the love of God. That same judge that sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, they should not perish. Mercy steps in, but have everlasting life. Help them to realize they're a sinner. They cannot save themselves. That Jesus Christ was uh, crucified, he died, buried, and rose again for the cleansing of our sins. Help us to keep that in mind as we live our life. We are redeemed from retribution. Redeemed for all that you have for Satan. And we have been uh, redeemed too 
eternal bliss with you, eternal favor. Thank you for what you're going to do in the lives of the saints. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said.